raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. So how do the Israelis see this war? That was the basis of my conversation with Yanam Cohen, who is the Council General to the Midwest from Israel. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. And now that, that full interview you can get at TonyKatz.com. If you get the podcast, uh, you know, wherever it is you get the podcast, uh, Tony Katz in the Morning News or Tony Katz Today, uh, you, you can... You can hear that as well. How do they view it? How do they view how Americans are acting, specifically people like Pramila Jayapal, members of the squad, the college campuses, and and certainly media that wants to say, uh, oh, the, the Gaza has no electricity, so warnings of attacks aren't getting anywhere, and uh, you have Sky News and, and CBS all trying to push this idea and the pushback that's coming from uh, the Israelis. So uh, the conversation started down this path. How do Israelis see these things? And and I'll pick it up, this conversation that I had with General Yanam Cohen uh, right here. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think you and all of your viewers saw our hostages being paraded through the streets as they were released to Israel over those seven nights and hundreds of Gazans holding their phones, videoing them. So clearly there's enough power to power their phones when they're parading our hostages throughout Gaza. Now that same power to their phones will be to get the maps, download the maps, look at the flyers and don't forget. That was the IDF spokesperson speaking about this idea that somehow Gaza has no power. How are they supposed to get information about uh, evacuations in southern Gaza if they have no power? They've got plenty of power for all the other things, and it's from here where uh, General Yanam Cohen comes back to the conversation. We're not only just and I'm so sorry. We are out of time, but we appreciate uh, your comments this evening. We're always out of time, right, when the answer comes, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we are. That does not surprise me. But let me tell you something. You know, I mean, I mean, we care a lot about our, our you know, our very intimate, intimate discussions with the American administration. America is our closest friend in the world, our most important ally, and we listen very carefully to everything America has to tell us. You know, we would not regard Sky News or even other media outlets um, whether, you know, we have to defend our people or not. We do whatever ne- is necessary to defend our people to get the, this, you know, historic in historic terms uh, danger away from our borders. And we'll do whatever necessary to make sure that October 7th, the slaughter of more than 1,200 uh, Israelis, Jews and non-Jews, by the way, alike, uh, will never happen again. This is our moral duty. The, the moral duty... Um is not only within Israel itself, I, w- I would argue. F- follow me, if you would, for, for the moment. Um, you're, Of course, I would agree that you have every right to protect and defend yourselves, and that involves taking out people who want to continue to attack you. But to do that is difficult, or is made more difficult, when uh, people who are allies or even other nations 
want to hold you to a different standard. And this is why I brought up these these two pieces about how media is acting uh, towards Israel in this. How does Israel view I understand your point. You're going to continue to do, Israel's going to continue to do and try and do everything it's possible it needs to to keep Israelis safe, right? I butchered that a little bit, but you get my point. But how do Israelis view how the U.S. press and maybe U.S. elected officials, U.S. campuses, as I talked about college campuses earlier, how do they view how those things are being represented regarding Israel? Thank you. This is a very broad question. I have to say, we see uh, um, an American administration that is very supportive of Israel. True, they sometimes have some uh, nuances about how to do things, and we definitely discuss that. But we see an administration that is very supportive uh, to Israel, that understands the need of eliminating Hamas, and I'm grateful for that. I see, I look at the United United States uh, Congress, and I see a very united Congress uh, that's standing behind Israel, both Republicans and Democrats. True, there is, um, I would say, what I call the ceasefire camp, that is um, some progressive uh, Congress members who are calling for an immediate ceasefire, which means, in other words, please save Hamas, stop the fire and save Hamas. We will not accept that. We try to engage in conversation with them. Sometimes uh, we're more successful in that, sometimes uh, we're less successful. I was listening by the way, last night, for example, to one of the progressive leaders in the American Congress, a congresswoman that is known for her progressive values for defending human rights and defending uh, women's rights. And when she was asked about the massive, uh, systematic, uh, sexual um, uh, violence against Israeli women during October 7th, she was trying to trivialize that or to contextualize that. So this is something that, I, you know what, I find it very distur- disturbing. Um, but we're listening to the majority, the vast majority of Americans and the American elected officials who stand strong with Israel. And uh, look, uh, it's, it, you don't have to name uh, names, sir. I can appreciate your position. But in my position, I have spoken very honestly about the statements of Congresswoman Pramila Jayapal out of Washington State and the trivializing of, of rape and saying that the response has to be balanced. It, it was it was a deplorable statement. And she's uh, feeling the heat, although that doesn't mean she isn't going to get uh, reelected. So now take us through the next steps with the ceasefire done. Does this mean that Israel has given up on the idea of getting these hostages back? Oh, no. No, no, no. We agreed to start to, to pause, not to stop, to pause the, the fire for a certain amount of days because Hamas was agreeing to release uh, some of the hostages. The agreement was so that uh, for every 10 additional hostages, we would uh, prolong the pause of the fire for one more day. Hamas at a certain point on Friday decided not to prolong that. And I was listening very carefully to the uh, spokesperson of the State Department this morning who explained that the reason that Hamas did not want to uh, release more Israeli uh, women, and they're holding more women and more babies, by the way, is that they didn't want these women to testify, to tell the world the story about what happened to them during, you know, their captivity days. Now, one can only imagine, one can only imagine what the, the spokesperson of the State Department was referring to. And again, that connects me to the congresswoman you were mentioning yesterday that was trying to trivialize the horrors that we know that are happening uh, in Hamas captivity and that happened on on October 7th. 
So that's just some of my conversation with Yanam Cohen, uh, the Council General to the Midwest uh, from Israel. Wherever you get the, the, the Tony Katz morning show or any part of the Tony Katz Today podcast, boom. Uh, that's where you can hear the full thing. And, of course, uh, at TonyCats.com and Rumble, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. Uh, it is very true that these these leftists don't care about women in the slightest. They don't care. They only How long have we been saying if uh, you're a woman and conservative, according to the left, you're not really a woman? You hear this all the time. Now, but in the beginning, it was just me. It was just this show. If you're gay and conservative, you're not really gay. If you're black and conservative, you're not really black. They've said this again and again and again. Their bigotry is everywhere. I was very happy to see um, uh, Greg Gutfeld over there at Fox News on The Five. You know, I, I didn't play it, but I'll play it. The popcorn moment. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's a story you need to hear to believe. Then grab your popcorn because there is more. Good on Gutfeld for doing, I think, a very succinct job in 60 seconds explaining this exact theory that we've been putting out for years. It's amazing when you consider the Me Too movement in in that context. We went from believe all women to believe no women if they're Jewish. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not about like, where are the women's groups? It's like, who do the women's groups represent? Who do they represent now? We know they don't represent any Republican women or libertarian women or pro-life women or independent women. Among feminists, they don't represent women in sports who don't want to compete against men. They don't uh, they don't uh, represent women who believe in legitimate safe spaces away from men. Right. They don't represent, obviously, Jewish women and they don't represent white women unless they buy a dinner where they confess that they're an oppressor to uh, uh, woke scholars. And I'm trying to think who's left to represent. Is it men who say they're women? Because once you no longer stand up for victims of mass rape, what good are you as a woman's group, right? You're, you're yeah. worthless. You're pathetic. Fact. Fact. And fact. The reckoning, ladies, it is here. I said ladies, sorry. The reckoning leftist, ladies, it is here. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.